Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program. Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Tim here with Ed Battagliano and Steve Jordahl. Good morning. Thanks to Fred Good morning, Steve. Can I, uh, Steve? Uh, good morning. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I got to. I got to share this. Brent Creeley just sent me. It's a. Uh, it's a He's little. Three feet from you. I know, but he said he he uh, texted me a little meme. Yeah. And it's a cartoon character, and he says, "I don't care about mandates because I don't date men." <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Uh, was that a MAGA boater? Uh. Well, it's uh, a, a uh, it's a character from uh, King of the Hill, so it looks like a MAGA vote. Yeah, I just thought that was a left wing political ad, political uh, spot. No, I just thought you get you yeah. get it right. I mean, yeah, you get it. Let me see. I don't, it. Let me see I it don't again. care about mandates. I get it. It's play on words. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't date care men. about mandates because I don't date men. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. funny, but apparently it is I, funny. I'm no, that one. is funny. All right. And Britt Creeley's our producer, by the way. Folks are wondering who's three or four feet from you here. Yeah. COVID-free. Um, <laughs> assume you are, Brent. Do we need to test you right now, Brent? As far as I we know. We will. I got the antibodies. You got the antibodies? Okay. Oh, you, have you had the antibodies test? That's no. not good enough. No. <laughs> That's not good enough. I want you to have the J&J shot next week. Two weeks from now, sign up for Moderna. <laughs> okay. We want you to have all of them. It, it, no, you all can't three. get enough. We, you all can't three. Get enough. We'll get all three. That way we know. All, all three, and then we'll check with Dr. Fauci. And a okay. booster or two. Okay. Uh, listen, folks, it's a very serious uh, pandemic. We understand that, but uh, a lot of this is just fear-mongering. We know that. We know the numbers are being fudged, and we know that people are being – listen to that. those hospital workers, uh, administrators, on that phone call that was taped the other day from North Carolina – we still have that, by the way. Did- Steve, were you the one that brought that? Weren't you? I am, but I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I check in the. There might be a folder called uh, "Clips to Save" Brent, well, in that well, folder. If you can't find, the only reason I'm I'm citing that, and that was just one. Yeah, I think I put it in there. In fact, somebody nope. released that tape. By the way, that that was from a Zoom meeting. Yeah, from a from a Zoom meeting. You got it. I, I we, we do we do we again do we you don't know which hospital this is right? If I, I recall, said it's in Pennsylvania, I think, but uh, I don't remember. Um, but well, it's on the internet. Having a Zoom meeting and they're on. talking about with their marketing team and with their financial okay. team about well, COVID you, numbers. Listen, in the world of Jesse Smollett, it doesn't have to be true. <laughs> That's true. It only it, it, we, we, we'll, we'll just use the Tawana Brawley. Uh, uh, What's a, what's a guy? Boy, you sh- are bringing all kinds. Of, these are both uh, uh, Al Sharpton moment. Doesn't what, what, what we're about to play doesn't really have to be true, even though we're something. saying it is. Uh, it only serves to prove a point, right? So, yeah. uh, but uh, listen. So it's kind of hard to hear at first, but l- listen to this uh, conversation between some employees, I guess administrative employees, and maybe a doctor to own a. Uh, hospital uh, call about COVID in their hospital. Maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public. 
Then there's another comment, as I completely agree, there are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID, but we're not counting in those numbers. So how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of the patients we have in the hospital? So is that all the people who have been in the hospital since the beginning of COVID? Patients that are still in the hospital, that are off the COVID floor, but still are occupying the hospital for a variety of reasons. I'm sorry, we, we're calling those recovered now. If you look at yeah. the Navant Health dashboard, they're listed as recovered. But I do think it, from our standpoint, we would still consider them a COVID patient because they're still healing. Yeah. So I think that that needs to be highlighted as well. Kellen, we can talk offline and yeah. how we run that up to marketing. I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. You know, you don't get vaccinated. You know, you're going to die. I mean, let's just let's just be really blunt to these people. These people, these stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid people. Uh, and that that's look, that's insulting. I don't I don't care if it's conservatives talking about people people on the left. You shouldn't talk about people like that. I, I'm sure I well, have. I've been insulting. But now but that the, that's public. We have to make this scary for the public, she said. Yeah, and, yeah. and say that if you don't get the vaccine, you'll die. Well, that's a lie. You might. Okay, you I might. Yes. But you can't tell people if you don't get the vaccine, you'll die. But when I hear that kind of stuff and hear all the other stories I've heard, it may it you gotta you got to uh, and people wonder well, why are people uh, leery, right, of the numbers that are put out and the information that's put out. Would Fauci won't even talk about uh, the the advantages of uh, natural immunity? Uh, avoids it when he's he knows the right, right. answer. Those kinds of things. Uh, it just makes you wonder what's going on here. Are we being gaslighted yeah. for a reason is. Is there uh, an ulterior motive here to make money for somebody, and that's and and therefore truth about uh, everything is not being told? Look, I, I would just just ask yourself this. For, I'm just saying this to the listeners and for us here. Yeah. Uh, ask yourself this: Do you, is your trust level in the CDC and people like Dr. Fauci? Over the last 18 months, has it gone up or gone down? Okay, mine's gone down because I don't like the, the games that they've played. Let's say they've been right all along. Well, then you should have been more honest and forthright with the American people because now, now I don't trust you. You know, when when Anthony <clears throat> Fauci said, admitted that when he first said, don't wear masks, remember way early on, April maybe of 2020, don't wear masks, they don't work. And then later on, he said, well, that that wasn't true. I was just saying that because I didn't want average people, ordinary people going out and getting those masks. We needed them in hospitals. You just admitted to me that you lied. You remember that? Yeah, I, I remember okay. that. Yeah. You, you lied to us. That you, was the first, first big blow to his credibility. Yeah. What you should have said is uh, we need the masks for the medical personnel who will be treating. Don't go buy them. Well, then we learned that the cloth masks don't even work at all. Right. And the those little blue masks you wear that a lot of people wear and they and they fiddle with them all day long. Yeah. They work like 10% of the 
to 10% effectiveness. They, they work in a sterile environment like a hospital. That's that's where they're more effective. And and when the hospital workers use them, they throw them away and get a right. new one the next time they go in the next, the next place. Right. They Instead don't of what I do, I put, put them in the little compartment between our seats for yeah, three months. Yeah, they don't go to the Olive out. Garden. <laughs> huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> and you pull it out every time you get like, out and like put it back. All the people we see, of course, People aren't wearing face masks where I live anymore at all, hardly. Maybe maybe five to ten percent of the public, but the face masks that do uh, have the most effectiveness in the respiratory uh, filtering, I guess you could say, for lack of a better word, is the N95, right? Which is like fifty or sixty percent, they say. Yeah, effective. Um, and this this doesn't even mention the fact that our eyes are exposed. Which can also take in the COVID virus. Well, you know, you got those ma- those shields. You've seen the shields that must spare your eyes. It, it occurred to me when I was wearing a mask and I couldn't wear my glasses at the same time because they'd fog up. Yeah, that's not airtight. That's right. there's virus getting in and out right there. I yes. mean, <laughs> yeah. And but it's a great. I think it's a good thing that we've learned uh, that an example for all Americans on how to wear a mask is third graders. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Huh? Am I right? They have been exemplary yes. to all of us on how to make an effective use of a face mask. Nothing hurts my heart more, actually, uh, seriously, than to see little kids wear masks because all of a sudden it's normal. This They're going to grow up in a world where they think hey. being told to put a mask on is normal. It hey. just breaks my heart. I saw something I haven't seen the other day before. Now, we've all made fun of the people driving around in their cars by themselves. With a mask. With a face yeah, mask. Right. We've seen that, right? right. Mm-hmm. My thing is, for the, for most of those people, probably they just don't want to take it off for the day. It's kind of yeah. like putting on their shirt. Right. Or their belt. Right. They, they put on their morning face mask, and it ain't coming off till they get home at night. Yeah. You know, That's probably true. I saw one guy that tweeted that he wouldn't take it off because he didn't want to be mistaken for a Trump supporter. Well, you do have that. Uh, you do have that. But, but I saw first... I've never seen this before. I saw a fella. He was at it. I was gassing up my van. He was getting on his motorcycle and he put on his face mask. On a motorcycle? Uh huh. Uh, yeah, it was two. It was two either. people. It was him and a girl. They were wearing helmets it. as well. Yeah, they were wearing helmets, but uh, they they put on their face mask. But I wondered when I saw that before I went over there and. Rebuked and, them. And, and rebuked them and made fun of them. <laughs> oh, no, I, no, seriously, as I was looking at them, I was wondering maybe, sure, I was thinking to myself, to give them the benefit of the doubt, surely they don't, they're not putting on this face mask to keep keeping COVID going 70 miles an hour down the interstate. Right. Uh, if they right. are, they shouldn't be driving. Right. Okay. They shouldn't be on a motorcycle. Right. But I was thinking to myself, maybe they're wearing these face masks to keep bugs from. Well, that's what the shield is for on the, well, yeah. on uh, the helmet. I don't know. You just, you bug, nothing I don't know. Nothing's worse than a swallowing a bug when you're riding your bike. I don't know. Uh, oh, nothing's worse than swallowing a bug at any time, well, that's Steve. True. That's true. Uh, they do say there's protein. Yeah, that's right. They're, I'm just saying there's one. There's only one advantage <laughs> to, uh, to in, ingesting an insect. That would be pro- I'd protein. rather get my protein from a piece of fried chicken. You know, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> piece of fried chicken. <laughs> Says the true converted Southerner. That's right. Go. All right, Steve. Well, uh, Anthony, Give us some happy news, Steve. 
Well, I got I some I got some pushback from Republicans if that maybe qualifies. But uh, Anthony Blinken, uh, yesterday we talked about his uh, time with the House of Representatives Foreign Relations Foreign Affairs Committee. Who is he, Steve? He is our Secretary of State. Okay. His name is Anthony Blinken, and he yesterday was with the Senate at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. They have same kind of committee but different names. And um, I want to play a couple cuts of uh, what happened there. He he kind of got his lunch handed to him. You remember this was the one where yesterday where um, he was asked. He, this is the one where he was asked about the. Um, uh, he, he, he confronted with the true statement, and he did not. The who could cut off President Trump in the White House? Remember that yesterday we talked about that. Not ringing a bell. I wasn't okay. on the show yesterday. All right. Well, going on. I'm uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm, th- I'm, se- I'm on a seven second mental delay right now. Okay. All right, Steve. So I promise I'll, I'll be answering think. your question. Any- yes, I do, Steve. I remember go. that. <laughs> no foul language here, okay. so you're yeah. you're safe. All right. Um, we're going to listen to first uh, Ted Cruz, who uh, has a response to the Biden administration, who keeps saying Afghanistan. And by the way, this is what the hearing is about—the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Afghanistan. People keep blaming President Trump on it. He's having none of it. Listen to cut three. President Biden and the Biden administration have presided over the worst foreign policy catastrophe in a generation. Ever since the disaster began unfolding in Afghanistan, we've seen the Biden administration making political excuses. We've seen Democrats on this committee explaining at great length how everything that happened in Afghanistan is Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault. Mr. Secretary, Joe Biden is the President of the United States. Kamala Harris is the Vice President of the United States. You are the United States Secretary of State. Just like Jimmy Carter owns the disaster of the Iran hostage crisis, you own this. There you go. You own this, he says. Um, he, Not uh, President Biden can help it. Well, right. Senator Cruz, he would be a great Baptist preacher. Would be. <laughs> All right, do you see the, he does have a good voice the delivery yeah. Yeah. and the cadence huh right i mean i'm ready for an altar call to get through <laughs> three right points there. and a poem yes so <laughs> um Rand paul also had some things to say they were talking about the the drone strike we don't know who was hit with that drone drone strike they say it was some suicide bombers that were hit uh, going towards the airport to do more damage and we took them out yay yay team and then we hear maybe it was some kids, maybe it was an aid worker delivering water. They just don't know. And Rand Paul took into that cut five. Let's quit sending good money after bad. The guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike. Uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will be forthcoming. So you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS K operative. Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS K. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. How did he answer that? Too late to ask the question now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Listen. I'll get back to you, Senator. That is that is uh, unacceptable. That that answer is for 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 a man of his position and stature, Secretary of State. He knows he's going before Congress, and he's saying, "I don't know whether we kill the right guy or not." For the drone, now listen. 
in all warfare, there's going to, not all warfare, but uh, 99.9% of warfare, there's going to be collateral damage when, when weapons are being used. Okay. Uh, there's going to be innocent people who die sadly. But in this case, the secretary, this the secretary of state needs to be able to say, we got the right guy and we know for certain he was an ISIS leader because you're, you've unleashed a drone attack that killed this man and some, and what, uh, 10 to 12 other people. It, that's what saying. Are, yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 to me, you don't say, we don't know who he was. Uh, we'll get back to you on that. Not, not three weeks later or a month later on something like that. Yes. Sounds like to me, the answer is no, we don't know. And there's no way we'll ever know. And I'm not going to admit to you. We got the wrong guy. That's what it sounds like to me. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's not like when the Trump administration got Soleimani, they said we knew who it was yes. and we got him. And here's who the guy was that exactly, we got. Exactly. So what, because this is not, <clears throat> like you're saying, Tim, this is not like a B-52 cruising, you know, at X carpet thousand, bombing or carpet something. Carpet bombing, yeah. and, you, and you know you're going to get some innocent point. people. This is a drone strike. This is someone you targeted because he, you thought he was person X. This is, this is like a sniper round. I mean, this is not just spraying a machine gun. So to say for Blinken, Anthony Blinken to say, we can't, we can't, we're investigating means you didn't know who you, well, that's what, that's what, that's okay. what he was just asked. He said, that's what, what Senator uh, Rand Paul was saying is you should have known before you off the guy who he was. And so that lead, when you get an answer like that, it makes you think that our military uh, it's instructed by our civilian government targeted a man they don't know was guilty, killed him and some members of his family because the Biden administration wanted to look like tough guys in the days after we lost 13 uh, of our finest and many would say unnecessarily or, or foolishly. And it made Biden look bad. So if I look bad because 13 Americans died, the next day I need to look, need to look like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after the people who did this. Right. And so we need to launch some kind of strike, even if we don't know exactly who it is, so we can brag about how tough we are. And you said that that's what is going through my mind. Well, and that's why Senator Paul very wisely, because Anthony Blinken, if you remember, if you recall what he said, he said, uh, we are looking into it. And in any case, I wouldn't say it in this setting. Okay. Yeah. But then he made it clear that no, he didn't know anyway. That's why Senator Paul pressed him. Yeah. You don't know, or you're not saying. And that's when he stumbled. Can we listen to it again? It's not that long. Just Senator Paul. Let's quit sending good money after bad. The guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike. 
uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will be forthcoming. So you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS K operative. Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone, whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS K. That, that's a perfect response it, by the senator. It, does that instill confidence in you in our no. secretary of state? It's one. Th- it's one thing to say we know who it was, we got the right guy, but because this is a public setting, um, we're not going to say who it and is. And I'll be glad to meet with you in your office. Absolutely. But that's not what he said. And that's why Senator Paul was pressing him to say, you don't know who it was or you're not saying. And he gave he gave Blinken an opportunity to say, I can't make it public, but we got the right guy. Yeah. You know, there's some anger out there about all this, about the way we got out of Afghanistan. Well, how, would you, how would you feel if your people in, in his fa- this fellow's family or his neighborhood, if you, uh, saw, <clears throat> if you saw 10 to 12 people blown blown up by an American drone mm. for what reason? Uh, again, I feel like had they known that they got the right dude and he was an ISIS member, Blinken would have said so yesterday. Yeah. I, I came across a, an artist, a guy named John Andresik, who writes music, and he kind of penned what a lot of people are thinking about this. Just take a listen to Cut 4. And still Americans Left her the Taliban Now how's that happening? Winking, blinking, can't you look me in the eyes? That's a song called uh, Blood on Your Hands. You got blood on your hands. That's what they're thinking. And it's it, it written as it was it uh, uh, he mentioned Blinken. Is it just talking about the whole Biden administration it's or Blinken? Talk, it's talking about the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Okay. The yeah. political song about that already? Yeah. These guys, I mean, and that's, and Facebook's already banned the song. So yeah, we talked about this in, long, our, yeah. in our meeting this morning. Facebook's already banned the song, but it's not about COVID. It's not about vaccines. It's not about the election. Mm-hmm. So now you can't even, now you can't even post a song on Facebook that's. Uh, in any way critical of a Democrat. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And by uh, the way, l- let me just remind our listeners, some of us, some know that, whatever it was, two years ago, we had someone threaten to come to AFA and kill everyone here, posted it on Facebook twice, and we complained to Facebook and were told it did not violate their policy, their Facebook policy. <laughs> we were told that by twice, Facebook. Twice, I think. Twice. And we actually turned it over to the FBI, and that young man went to prison for it. So the federal government thought it was serious enough, but Facebook didn't. Now you write a song that's critical about the Biden administration's withdrawal for Afghanistan. That violates their policy. Yeah. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm bitter. We were just, well, look at there. (laughs) We were out of time. Happens every day about so, this time, doesn't so it? So, you, do you think wearing a is that normal for motorcycle folks to wear a face mask going down the interstate? I don't, I don't know. I don't. I've I never, rode I've for never, years. I never had a face mask. I've ever. never been on a. You've, I've you've probably been on a motorcycle, but I don't like them. 
I Steve, do. you said you rode Dangerous. for years? I did. I did. I, I owned several motorcycles, rode. That, what, that, did you wear a face shield? Well, I did. I wore a helmet with a shield. With uh, a shield? Uh, That's what most plastic. people do? Yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't wear a face mask with it. But to your okay. point, uh, Tim, I, I certainly wouldn't go up to a biker. And tell them, yeah, yeah, you have to yeah, take that yeah. off. I don't but think can't, face masks are real popular at Sturgis. <laughs> but is COVID, is COVID out there on the interstate yeah. wrong, that you can it, get it? It's everywhere, Tim. Okay, It's a danger to everyone. I didn't know COVID, you could get it going 80 miles an hour down the interstate. <laughs> I, that's the first I've heard of that one. Surely there's a vaccine for that. <laughs> <laughs>